And welcome to the Crash Chords Podcast. Um, we'll get right into uh, what we've been listening to this week. Um, for me, it's been uh, quite a bit of the new Hoobastank record. Um, after reviewing it last week, I wanted to give it some more listens, and I'm, I'm coming to like it a lot more. The more I listen to it, I mean, it doesn't improve the quality of it, but... None of it counts. None of these posthumous listens count. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it's just, I enjoy it. But no, it's, it should always be judged on a first listen. But I do enjoy the album, which I knew I would. Um, it's definitely not their strongest, but I'm, I am finding myself enjoying Especially specific tracks like Magnolia definitely do stand out a lot. Um, I've been listening, going back to an older album that I haven't listened to in a while, Money Brother. I believe the album's self-titled, if I remember correctly. But, um... They're a band that I discovered. They opened for Flogging Molly. They're kind of like a funky kind of rock band from overseas who I enjoy quite a bit. And then, of course, Flowbots is still in my rotation. I'm still listening to that as well. That one really was a strong one for me. That one really makes me smile. <laughs> and, and Matchbox 20 is in there, too. Um, I can't get enough of radio off that album. Radio and right. How Long are just two songs that... It was actually funny. Um, you should do a song shot for that. Yeah, well, um, Mary Mary was making fun of me because you know how long that um, like that organ uh, key that goes up that we like the bend. <laughs> yeah, the bend. That, Every single time he mentions this, he always has to do this little hand gesture. You know that 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 up that little. Uh, well, up. that's what what that's what Mary was making fun of me because in the car when we listen to it, I do that for the note, and when before I did it most recently when we were in the car together, she did it mocking me. Which I think was it's the same funny. gesture I used to call the check at the end of a meal. <laughs> That's more of a finger waggle, I think. Okay, that has more of an angle. Yours has more of it, a curve. Yeah, it's more like a check mark. It's like the Nike symbol. That's what you do. You Which do is the a check symbol. mark. That's copyright. No, though. actually, it's not just a check mark. We're off to a great start. And um, <laughs> so yeah, so that that's pretty much what I've been listening to this week. Um, I've been listening to Wub Wub. A lot of uh, uh, dubstep. A lot of uh, trans dubstep. Oh, yeah? Techno. Any specific artists? No. I like I like going to the various user-made radio stations on, like, iHeart or Slacker oh, okay. Radio. And just being exposed to a variety of that sort of stuff. Um, with the exception of uh, Daft Punk. Daft Punk is the only really, truly uh, technical group I like. Right. And we'll always listen to all of their music. I, I will always love them. But uh, Skrillex versus Dead Mouse versus, you know, anybody else. I really have no preferences in that genre. You just kind of like to listen to it as background music. Yeah, I go f- to, from Da Rude to, you know, nowadays, everything. Okay. Would you put Def Punk, Def Punk is in the Wub Wub, you say? It's, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not specifically like dubstep. It is part of the, the electronic. Yeah. No, no, it's the electronica genre, though. Right. Yeah. Which they all fall under too, electronica, too, uh, more or less. Uh, probably a little bit too repetitive to be techno. No, techno is in fact very repetitive. That's well, the whole electronica is uh, tends to be a very repetitive. genre. But not all of techno you can dance to. A lot of it is really meant to be like listen to. I'm not saying. I'm not and, saying and techno. Daft Punk is meant to be danced to. I'm not saying techno, right, I'm calling why... it electronica. Yeah, electronica oh, is that's the, the, the better brand. parent. The, uh... that's, yeah, the actual, the overarching that's the actual the the techno, trance, club music, house music, which are yeah. separate, uh, dubstep, all that is part of electronica. Gotcha. Well, but, I agree with you on Daft Punk. That's always a go-back-to for me whenever I get the chance. It's a, it's eternal. Yeah. <laughs> um, other, other than that, this week, uh, I actually did go back to listen to Monomino a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah? Hey, the, the, I, the record that we reviewed? Yeah, that's right. The I'm end. sorry. Nah, you know, the thing is, if you just take parts of songs and you splice them together, and I'm not past mm. doing this, even though it's not the most uh, respectable thing, you can actually enjoy it. It's not where I'd rate it, but, you know. So nice. you took the, what was it, a dozen or so songs and cut it down to about six? No, I took, <laughs> I took like like... Sections of songs, and then fast forward like three minutes, and then uh, that section that's awesome. Fast forward again, very nice. That's what I do. That's terrible. It is terrible, but you know what? If that if that sound alone, what I think I used last week, the micro micro, yeah. <laughs> if you take that alone, you can actually like gain something from it. Like some people just have little good ideas here and there. They can't organize it all together, but might as well. Make use of it 
don't let it die. Yeah, that's fair. I'm so sorry, Steve. It couldn't be better. <laughs> and speaking You're of something so sad over this, it's not a terrible thing. Speaking of something that could have been better, Green Day's newest album, Uno. Um, my choice this week. It was everybody who likes punk, raise your hand. And now that all you people raise your hand, you should get this album. Nobody else should. Yeah, it's not. It's not. You guys be... like punk. Come on, say it. I do. No, you I, do. I, I, do. I do, but I was. I wasn't. But this is too generic and mainstream. Too generic, not mainstream. Too generic punk for me. There wasn't enough to catch me on it. Like it wasn't. It, it's not just this album was generic punk. This album was almost a continuous song. Not necessarily in a good way. It wasn't a continuous song. Like it was an over. It was a, a grand orchestra. Pink Floyd, The Wall song. No. This was the same musical chords being used over and over and over again. Uh, this, the, it, it was very repetitive, very generic, just pure punk at its earliest. Quintessential punk. Yes. But, but Might it was, be why I don't like it. Was, it. it was generic and it was good for punk. It wasn't good for Green Day. Like, if this were a brand new band that I'd never heard before coming out with this kind of a record... Be okay. I mean, I'll be all right with it. Ah, but for now, like at this day and age, or for the nineties? No, for the nineties. Yeah, no, not now. Well, because punk really doesn't exist in this. It doesn't. We have like post-punk and stuff like that. I I mean, all American rejects. Yeah, all American rejects. That's pretty much the closest to modern punk as we get. Is bands like all American rejects? Yeah, they they've borrowed more from indie than anything else. Yeah, like you're gonna get. Yeah, just like Taking Back Sunday kind of was kind of a weird indie punk, and then they. Progress to more of a rock sound. Yeah, that, that's the evolution of it. Yeah. But to get back on topic, we'll try to break down this album for you. It's, it's going to be a little bit hard. The album starts with Nuclear Family. Uh, good intro for the album, not the best of songs. It, it was a way to showcase all the instruments to give you a general mood about what the, the musical sound is going to be for this album. I am already disagreeing with you. I do not think it was a good intro in the slightest... It w- not for this album. For I this album, it. in other oh, in other words, it hints to the the droves of generica that will come. <laughs> I really like that word generica. It was <laughs> yeah no no. This was it set the tone of uh, energetic, but eh. That that's my overall feeling of this album. It, it, there was a lot of energy, which is what you come to expect from uh, uh, both a punk noise and a Green Day noise. It, there's got to be a lot of of uh, back and forth. A lot of yelling, a lot of screaming in the lyrics. It, it, it had that. It had that energy. But it was so tried. Uh, I really didn't find anything distinctive about Nuclear Family or even uh, Stay the Night. Well, let's not that, get ahead of ourselves. It's though. upbeat. I'm going to say that much about oh, yeah, Nuclear sure. Family. But that's, that's not distinct on this album. More for Green Day. Everything they do is fairly upbeat. From the first chord of this first track, I, I wrote down on, on, on the notes I took, Standard Green Day. It was intro, fast, kind of strong. It was the standard Green Day track, it, and and not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it wasn't really innovative or interesting. It's just kind of like, all right, we're listening to Green Day. It was, Got it. It was listless. It had no soul. I don't know. Very blue. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean that that was the problem. Is is that this song would have been great maybe fifteen years ago, but back, for for what back we in know, nineteen ninety seven when they were actually leaving their punk roots and going more into rock. This would have been something to throw on an album. But the problem is is that we've come to expect such a variety and talent from Green Day, especially with the last couple of records, having this huge arc and this huge story and these different variations and songs. You don't expect three or four songs back-to-back to sound exactly the same from them. You know, you just expect more from them, and they're just not delivering, and the first track was a, a telltale of that. And Stay the Night was a, was the same sort of catchy, energetic, uh, heavy-duty breakdowns with the, the the bass driving right through it, the drums driving right through it, that that twiny guitar. But it was it was just that it was it was the same exact noise. Aside from the intro, <clears throat> aside from the intro, the intro was a was the a intro more like had me believe that there was going to be this drastic change up because you know I was pretty silent throughout the first track. I tried to think like, all right, this is this is. The generic punk track that you need to appeal to your punk audience, because that is the audience that you know Green Day has kept throughout the years. Not they haven't kept an audience that is necessarily 
holding on to them because they're changing and evolving. Some people are holding on to them because they are that early 90s sound that they got back when they were in high school, and they still want that, and Green Day keeps delivering. So I thought that maybe that was one of the reasons why... But they don't they keep c- delivering. Uh, American Idiot and uh, 21st Century Breakdown were not like this. That's, you know what, and... and uh, uh, Does everyone pick up on those subtleties, though? Yes. Yes. In the absolutely. punk genre? In fact, yes, I, when I was playing um, Warning, a couple of songs from Warning to Matt earlier... Uh, he he was coming to realize, wow, even back then, Green Day was getting away from punk. They were going towards rock. G- Green Day fans and punk fans are not the same thing. No. And I think we're making that distinction and it's unfair. Okay. That's Green Day fans, most of the people I know who stopped listening to Green Day and say they don't like them, they went to pop, whatever, are the people who like that standard punk sound, that kind of repetitive punk sound. And when Green Day have all passed, they lost interest because they weren't punk enough anymore. Whereas <laughs> I continued to like Green Day because I didn't... I like punk, but I didn't like Green Day because I like. I didn't like Green Day because they were punk. I like Green Day because well, they were Green Day. In that case, though, in that case, that kind of speaks to what I was trying to say. In that, if they feel like maybe they lost an audience because uh, they left, um, because Green Day stopped being punk, then maybe this was an inclusion to reel them back in some way. Maybe, but I uh, the, Nuclear even, Family. I'm going back to, by right, the way. right, because this all started because I, I heard the intro and I thought that maybe you know that's the only reason that that Nuclear Family was existed was to. Uh, bring everybody back to the punk they all know and love, and I thought it was going to go into something else. But all I got was basically a 10-second guitar intro, which seemed uh, like it could have gone into something maybe a little bit more slower, give me another pace for the album, but it didn't. It it was... I felt that State of the Night was the same song. Yeah. Really. And Carpe Diem. Like, even for... We're going to take... I'll take a step back here and say that for punk, this is a really bad album. Uh, a very uninventive, a very generic album. Yeah. This isn't even Green Day anymore. By Carpe Diem, yeah, the lyrics are kind of sweet. Uh, sweet. Uh, the, it's another drum-driven track. Uh, I did enjoy the chorus in it, but it wasn't inventive. It wasn't different. It was a very, very same sound. Yeah, the drums is about the only thing I'll give it. <clears throat> well, I mean, when we were talking about our dream bands way back when in podcast whatever number insert here... Um, I my drummer of choice was Trey Cool because as far as drummers go, him, Travis Barker, like these are punk drummers who, regardless of what album they're playing on, they, they have a specific style of their own and they can play very good, complicated drum lines. Fun fact: they, that was podcast number four. Thank you, because I've compiled a master list. Well, that's good. Of what we've done, but uh, no, like the drums are good. Trey really actually stood out on a couple of tracks here. Yes, definitely. Uh, Stay the Night, Carpe Diem, and a few later on. He he had uh, some nice, interesting things. But that's because I think uh, uh, Billy was, was just playing a little bit too simplistically on yeah. the guitar. It was it was garage band style, almost like they weren't trying too hard on these M- first Mike two tracks. Mike and, and Trey, the bass and the drummer, did way more than, than Billy Joe did on this record. Their... Their... Music was definitely much more forward while Billy Joe was content to recess in the background and just kind of be average. And I don't know if that was a stylistic choice or if that's just how they wrote or what. That's what I'm wondering here. I don't want to look too deeply into it, but is it driven by nostalgia or is it driven by an artistic representation of his lifespan? Actually, you know what? The next track does, Let Yourself Go, was almost... It gave me... Uh, immediately, Welcome to Paradise from yeah. one of their first albums. Let yourself, one of their early stuff. Let, it was Green Day. Yeah, Let Yourself Go was the first non-generic track. It was more closer to pure punk and pure Green Day punk that had kind of that energy and sound you were looking for. And it was a little more distinct than your standard punk, which is why Green Day rose to prominence. Yeah, I I would amend that. I would say Let Yourself Go was definitely the quintessential punk song in in, in all of of its good merits. No, it was... It it said something different. But it still wasn't, you know, truly inventive. I mean, this is... I'm saying it's Welcome to Paradise... This is something that was done, done, you know, four or five times by this band. Yeah, this Quint- is not a new song. Quintessential is just kind of a word to throw out there. It's not really bad or good. <laughs> it's just if you had to define punk, I would use this song. But the next song, you know, it's 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 track five, Kill the DJ. This was different. This was unique. This was my favorite track on the album, um, and it 
it definitely stood out like a sore thumb, especially compared to the other four tracks that were before it. Killer DJ is essentially a marriage between punk and dance almost. This kind of dancey, kind of upbeat punk song that, you know, definitely had a dance background, something you would even hear, I think, at a dance club. I think no. I think you're saying you're you're making it too much towards a poppy style dance. It's more of a funk okay. kind of groove. Well, that's fair. It, it yeah. does have that that uh, um, uh, almost clubhouse type of sound to it, but it is slower. It's not a fast paced song. It is. Yeah, it was slower for Green Day. Yeah, give it that. It was. It was more along uh, the vein of like Longview. Yeah. It, it it had that kind of plodding, funky bass to it. It was kind it, of an anthem. Yeah, no, <laughs> an that, anthem for what they an, would say. That's an excellent way to put yeah. it. it. It was uh, very metal, uh, mellow in the vocals. Uh, the interlude was great. The closing chorus was really good, and it was a uh, departure from this punk noise we've been hearing. And it, it also, was different. And also, it had a really, really nice interlude. I find it kind of ironic yeah, that, did. that for the most poppy dance song on this track, it would have the most interesting interlude. Like, that's usually the exact opposite way around. <laughs> but it was a pleasant surprise. And then, unfortunately, after Kill the DJ, uh, Fell for You, track six, we're back to generic. Yeah, I, I really wish I could have said that Kill the DJ was the turning point of the album. Me I too. Wanted, I, I wanted, wanted to, to believe that at that but point. The, but the problem with Fell For You was that it was generic Green Day love song. Insert Green Day love song here. I mean, it was just very expected and very kind of predictable and boring almost. It was poetic, but it was another one of those telegraphed poetry type lyric setups. It was no telecasted like, is the word. Not yeah, telegraphed. Uh, telecasted, not telegraphed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, no, it was one of those telecasted lyrics. You you could you could sing along with it, hearing it for the first time. Yeah, it was kind of sad that way, but it did start to tie together um, a story in this album, which I had I was starting to see at this point. There was a general theme to the the music, which was teenage love story. This was a Warner Brothers CW television show starting up no, right go, here. No, go with uh, Warner Brothers because we're in that era right now. This is like WB, War- like the frog. This, I can see him. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is this is first generation. Uh, before the CW. This is Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Half okay. These songs would be in the background on that show. And as old. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very Dawson's Creek album. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a story of a kid in here who is going after the girl. And it, it fell for you, and the next song, Lost the Control. This is this is like that first time there's an actual problem in the relationship. Okay, all right. But before we go on with this, <laughs> it, I, it should be obvious at this point that this is a very, very, very common theme. Yes. I mean, there's nothing even subtle about this love. It is literally just guy goes after girl and is, and that's it. That's it. I didn't even hear a conclusion to this particularly. No, no, no. I'll, Did I'll you? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to wait for that? I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I, I heard at the end it. of the album. I'll tell you what I heard. It's, it's like half thought through. Just from my perspective, it's half thought through. It got about that far. It sounds like a demo CD. That is as much of a theme, an arc, that you would expect from a demo CD. Yeah. You know? But, and, that, and then moving on, though, to the next track. I mean, we're going to kind of blow through this review pretty quickly, I think, just because... There's too much, uh, too much generic. I got but, some other things to say about but, it. More so generally, right, right, right. But but moving on to the next track, "Loss of Control." To me, this song was just so forgettable and basic to a fault. It was it, just so mediocre. I found it as a good follow up for "Fell for You," but then again, it wasn't following up much. Yeah, I mean, I could say the same things that, like that about uh, "Fell for You." So, I guess in that sense, sure. I'm literally skipping loss of control. I have no comments. Yeah. I can't say they were generic enough times. But okay, Troublemaker, the next track was was that had nice that had this points. brought this woke us up. This one was like a flashback to the nineties, the late eighties, early nineties. It had this kind of B fifty twos love shack. Yeah, we, kind we of sound all got that B fifty two sound immediately. And but not even just B fifty twos, because B fifty twos have been kind of all over the place, but it was specifically that nineties love shack kind of sound, you know, that kind yeah. of surf rock. 
Almost. I that heard, I heard was, a little bit of Spice Girls too. Which is it was weird, that attitude that you would fit. you got from a love shack. Yes. It was that yes. it, it 90s was pure attitude. attitude. Just kind exactly. of pure party, let's go out on the beach and have a good time kind of sound. And this was that glimpse of actual Green Day bleeding through. Up yeah. until this point, besides yeah. Kill the DJ, this was punk generica. And that said, this is also the point in which I would say the album really did have a sound arc to it. It yeah. was it, it was this is the point where you're not just uh, haphazardly hearing 90s sounds. This is where you really get the idea that this was planned. You know, they they knew that they were of speaking of the era. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done sort of a uh, collage, you know, of of sounds from the era. Like it's it's present. It's it's almost kind of like the way you uh, saw that song Radio, right? Yes. That that was a nice compilation of songs throughout the history of radio, um, Except- and your experience with them. Well, this is your their experience with the early 90s. Yeah. But, you know, then it went into Angel Blue. And Angel yeah, Blue... Yeah, that shot that to hell, didn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, here's the whole thing. The entire album does have great lyrics. They are uh, sometimes a little telecasted. Can sometimes... I bring that down to good? Just no, there's lyrics. some lyrics in this album that are really are great. All right. I do I, I thoroughly enjoy... Comment on that later, but... Because it has the Billy Joe attitude in the lyrics that I, I've grown to love with Green Day. And it's that sort of attitude that I've seen in other bands, and that's why I latched on. That's actually one of the defining reasons I liked uh, Cage the Elephant. I saw a similarity in attitude in the singing between them and Green Day. And some songs had that attitude. Troublemaker had it. But the lyrics the lyrics had that Billy Joe feel. And that was the only thing that I really felt throughout this whole album made a Green Day, because otherwise, like Angel Blue, like Sweet Sixteen, it's just, just generic. Yeah, actually. Just punk. They are, Those they are, two songs blurred together. They Like, I don't even, I barely remember what they sound like. I didn't even realize when we were discussing the album it's that really it moved on pick, to the next track. It's hard to pick out distinctions in this album, like, retrospectively. Very hard. It really is. A lot of the tracks blur together for me. In fact, taking Except out... Except for the ones that I've said, like Kill the DJ and Troublemaker or yeah. Love. Taking they out sound those, like a sore thumb. Yeah, no, taking out those two tracks and you would get one continuous noise. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of eighth notes. But... A lot of guitar eighth notes. But I did enjoy Rusty James. I felt it was a more modern take on the punk noise. It was a little bit different. It wasn't, you know, superb, but it was definitely a step above the general... And it did end with Oh Love. Oh Love was, and I I said this earlier, it was the mid-season breakdown. This is the point where you're waiting for the album to hit a new level. And the album ends here. And it is so disappointing that the most distinctive track is the final track. And strangely, it's the single. Uh, what what I had said when, when we had first looked up looked at the songs on, on Spotify, I noticed that Oh Love, the single, was the last track. And I said to myself, and and to Stephen John, why? Why would you put the single at the end? And then after listening to the record, I realized, oh, because it's one of the strongest songs on the album. That's why it's at the end. And it's just, it, it I, I don't know. This, just, might, this might be where I disagree a little bit, because it's the way you use the word distinctive I didn't particularly see it that way. I, I did see a little bit of a quality increase from the general sound that we, we just described throughout the album, with the exceptions of Kill the DJ, but that's the other thing. Kill the DJ is, uh, that's distinctive to me, because it stands out. Now, you you might be looking at Oh Love through the eyes of, of, of a punk fan that, um, you know, it, it's definitely on the the more quality side of punk, but I didn't see it particularly as a standout-ish thing as a whole i don't know it, no i'll agree with it's you it's like a step up it's not a it's not a story up well, i'm it's not, not saying it was a story up i'm just disappointed because it was one of their stronger tracks and they just left it for the end and it was also their single so you released this kind of false hope with this single that sounds like oh this is good kind of quality green day and then you release this album with it let's put it, it does, at the at the last track it's too late to save the album Absolutely too late. But this might have had, just from one little alteration, this album might have had a better overall effect as if they made Oh Love the first track instead. Yeah, it would have had a stronger impression. Don't ask me what they would have ended with. I have no idea. No, all said and done, we'll say three good tracks. 
I'm not, not necessarily even great. We'll say three good tracks. I'm not done yet. I, I want to put this a little bit to uh, to the table. What does everyone think when they think Green Day? <clears throat> Define Green Day's perks, if you can. Okay. Uh, first of all, not overly complicated. They tend to go the simplistic route. But they go the simplistic route in interesting ways. They try to keep a general guitar, bass, drum setup for the majority of their music. But it's it's with their attitude and their lyrics that they really set themselves apart. I think that's the best way I can describe Green Day. And do you think that crosses over... How much does that cross over to punk? Because that sounds more like you're it's, defining punk than you are Green Day. No, that, I'm defining punk even in... I'm defining Green Day even within punk because they have not been a punk band for a very long time. They okay. have been a rock band since about their fourth album. But see, that's why I've enjoyed their rockier side personally, is because they did take that little extra step musically that I can accept their attitude alongside something that holds my interest in the musical area. I will define Green Day. Green Day is warning to American Idiot. That's Green Day. And that's Green Day because... An American Idiot, including American Idiot? Yes, those two albums came out, it was Warning, and then American Idiot came out after Warning. Those two albums for me, A, it shows the evolution of the almost complete evolution of Green Day going from rock band, from punky rock band to rock band. But also on top of that, those albums had lots of diversity, innovation, and then of course 21st Century back, Breakdown, of course, carried that past it. But those two albums were where it really showed. This is a band who, even though they don't have overly complicated albums, can still diversify and innovate. And, and they did that a lot on those two records. And this record is such a horrible disappointment because there's no innovation. But yet so many people, you know, when they they think of Green Day, I feel like their fan base really does refer to the 90s a lot. Yeah, they think about... As like the heyday. No, we'll say uh, Dookie. Dookie and Nimrod, which are two very different sounds when you really compare the the, the two albums together, uh, though not as distinct as, as American Idiot is to either of them. They are two different bands, and if you look over the course of Green Day's history... You can say that they evolved from one album to the next into very different musics every single time. I think that this heyday that you're speaking to that you're saying Green Day fans refer to, I don't think that's Green Day fans. I think punk fans latch onto the heyday of Green Day and don't like any of their new stuff. That's only impression. It's not a rule. I'm, I'm saying this is my impression. Okay. Green Day fans like all of it. Yes. Green Day fans like the evolution and the change. And that's why I think for okay. Green Day fans, this album is going to be a disappointment. For punk fans, they might actually enjoy it. That's well, they really probably, interesting. Actually, punk fans will almost definitely enjoy it because this is the most punk album to come out in years. Yeah. that's I, I agree with that 100%. Actually, yes. Yeah. It's going to be new because punk hasn't had something, any fresh blood in a very long time. So they're going to be happy that Green Day is bringing back punk. <laughs> yes. Maybe that, was actually, the, maybe that was the concerted effort here is they maybe. wanted... They, they felt like they were getting away from their punk roots. And but, we also have to keep in mind that this album's part of a trilogy. And it may... Our outlook on this... I mean, we're... Needless to say, we're going to review all three on the podcast. And I think we may have to come back around after gonna the make, third one. It's going to make this a very, very tricky thing to review. Because yes. we can't see the future. Correct. Like, we're, we're taking one third of what could be a whole. Yeah. We don't know if it's going to be. You know, I still think that even if you're going to have a trilogy... People always, you know, someone looks at, like, the Star Wars trilogy, the Lord of the Rings stuff, they still prefer one movie above the other. Yeah. Right? So, I... But also with the Lord of the Rings or or The Matrix or or these trilogies, you... Matrix, the... Wait, wait, wait. Matrix wasn't a trilogy. It only had one movie? Yes. Um, <laughs> the, when you look at these trilogies... for my sake. When you look at these trilogies, when the first one comes out, they're not basing it on the next two. They're basing it on that one. But then as the others come out, you start to compare and contrast until you get to the trilogies and it's complete. And then you're comparing everything to everything else. And you're going back to the first one, comparing it to the last one. Well, and- I'm still also going to um, probably double in, in rating this as an exposition. Because that would be one third of a whole. Is yeah. that I like to think this is perhaps an exposition to Green Day's career. Am I going to see an overview of their whole career in these next two albums? I can't say that for sure, but it's it's a little bit of a static exposition, if that's the case. And I, I think that's how I'm, I have to rate it, Yeah, personally. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to cut them any slack. We're, I'm going to say, I'll write, rate this as if it was not Green Day, purely because if I were going to rate this for Green Day, this is terrible. 
Ooh. This is a band that really is supposed to do better. This is not... This is a guy... These are guys that gave us a revival of rock opera in American Ed. They had yeah, a Broadway you know, I, musical based on one of their most popular albums. And right? as a Green Day album, this is pitiful. This is disgusting. This could have been at levels... But you know, but you know what? As a punk album... So you're not it's giving good. them any slack regardless this of the is, fact no. that they intended a 90s sound. They could have done it, and they could have done it. This this isn't but even But we've it. had examples That's of... That's where I'm at. But we've had examples of bands who go for a sound of a specific time and kind of hit the nail on the head. Like Okay, like, but the fact of the matter, I said this way back when we did the Young Veins discussion, because they, of course, were a band coming from, you know, a panic at the disco. Thing, yeah. And then they're going all the way back to the 60s, something they'd never done before. It's, it's really interesting just to hear that snapshot. It's been a long time since the 60s. It has not been that long time since the 90s. And also, Green Day, it's the same band. Like, to, for the same band to all of a sudden be nostalgic and only go back, like, like 15 years or so, it just seems like kind of a cop-out. Right. Whereas in, like, with Eve 6, they hadn't been around for 10 years. Yeah. For them to go back, it's like they never left. I, they that, that, that's what greatest hits are for, yeah. if I want to be nostalgic. And... You know what? I'm going to actually rate them the same way I did the Young Veins as well. But I like the Young Veins. They went for a nostalgia sound. And when they diverted from it but kept the nostalgia there. When they kept that 1960s sound but updated it. I like that. When they had that very generic 1960s noise, I did not enjoy it from them. Right. And this, there's, there's no update in this punk noise in Uno. There yep. is, it... There is no deviance from the original uh, uh, formula. There's Kill the DJ, which is pop punk. That's why I threw it back to the demo. Like, honestly, as a demo uh, band, you know, an upstart punk band of the early 90s, uh, this is what I see them doing. This is what I see. It's kind of a narrow mind of what punk is, I think. Because even I know enough about punk. Even though it's not particularly my genre, I know enough about punk that I've seen some really high merits there, and this did not exhibit any of them. This exhibited what I don't like about it. It's almost strengthened my resolve. It's kind of, that's really disappointing. I want somebody to prove me wrong. I really, really I mean, do. For me personally, especially based on my review style, I, I, like I, wa- I want to separate it. I want to let the fact that it's Green Day not influence my decision. But you know what? It, it does. It's just like if when Metallica put out their newer record in like 10 years and, and people hated it. You know, you hated it because you had expectations and they didn't hit it. And it's not fair because the music on its own might have been okay. But you know what? You're rate, You're not when you're when you're coming into a band and an and an album that you've never heard before. It's very. It's a lot easier to be objective. But when you're coming into a band that you've known almost your whole life, it's a lot harder to be objective because you know what they're capable of. And and I'm gonna rate this as if I'm gonna rate it like I rated Maroon Five. Maroon Five is a band that I really like. Or. No, I, I still really like. But their new album was atrocious by comparison to their older stuff. And even though I, I've listened to it and it's okay, you know, I've you know, I found gems on that record, I judged it as harshly as I did because it was pitiful for Maroon 5 and what they're capable of. And I think Green Day should get rated the same way. Okay, what do you give them? I really wanted to give it a three. I really did. Because it was so just kind of baseline. But the fact that I just wanted so much more from them... And I had high hopes from this Stay of the Night kind of punk and Carpe Diem's Anthem and then Let Yourself Go was pure punk. I had high hopes and then after Kill the DJ, it fell flat on its face. It's getting a 2.5 from me because I expected so much more from Green Day and I just didn't get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a Green Day fan. I'll still listen to it. I like it. But it's just the disappointment and the, the, the lack of care and quality. There's no connection between me and this album i don't feel what green day wants me to feel the love song i don't feel love when i'm listening to that song you know i don't i don't feel anything from this record i feel like it was that, just that phoned was in. my problem that was that was definitely i just didn't feel anything even with through. maroon 5 i felt something some of those songs like that la- later track a beautiful goodbye where we said oh man the band showed up this sounds like maroon 5 yeah. we felt something it pulled us in this i mean besides Kill the DJ, which that did pull me in. I felt something with that song. The rest of the album, it was almost completely that, vacant for me. It's kind of strange. Like, you know, it's funny that we just recently did our um, our album, our, our, our uh, rating discussion. 
and uh, you, you, we determined that I'm probably more rating on the artistic side of things, and your rating is more on the emotional side of things. I feel like I got to take emotion into account very considerably when I hear this because it, it did not get me in the slightest, um, not even close. But John, I got to hear yours first. I got to hear the, okay. the punk slash Green Day fans. Now, okay, yeah, first. Green Day. Green Day is the. If I'm going to divorce myself from classic rock, Green Day I have to keep because everything that I grew up listening to, Beatles, Eagles, Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, Doors, The Who, Mamas and the Papas, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson, all this stuff. We get it. All that stuff I heard of, I got from my father. Green Day was the first band I chose to listen to. Hmm. It was the guys that, that took me out of my parents' music and gave me my own. That's always pretty intense. Yes. This, oh, God, as a Green Day album, this is a freaking one. This is disgusting and should not be part of the discography. Can't do that, though. As Can't a punk that. album, as an album unto itself, this is a, this is a 2-5. There was interesting lyrics, but it's just so generic, so the same, so much I've heard before. With a couple of bright lights, I can't distinct, distinguish it from so much other stuff out there I've heard over the years. I mean, I'm, I'm ashamed to, to listen to Green Day Uno. I'm dying for the next album to get, come out just because I want, to, I want them to fix it. Hmm. So yeah, 2-5. Well, I noticed you guys have a rating system that, does, that has zeros. I didn't use a zero. I didn't think it would exist. Because that's very bad. Zero would be... I can't assume that someone won't make something that bad. I just can't assume. You it. can't assume that someone won't. All right. But and yes. but put it out there and actually be in store shelves and everything? Taking uh, Oh, wait, no. I have a zero. William Hung from American Idol is a zero. God, but that's like... There's no artistic right. quality but the, but to it. But it was released... Dribble, yeah. Yeah, it was absolute dribble. He can't, he can't even sing well on a technical standpoint. All right. I don't want to bring William Hung into this. But that's my um, example of a zero. So they do exist. Man, this is tricky for me. Uh, I'm going to, for now, pretend that zeros don't exist. Man, John really wants to know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm... I'm pretending that zeros don't exist, because I, I really do think that ones are, are the bottom for me. Ones are, are the the dribble, the, the mockery of art okay. and everything like that. This is a two. This okay. is just a two. It's just shy of being a one, because it, it's right. There, there, there really was a lot to expect from this album. Especially for both punk and Green Day fans alike. So it managed to disappoint two groups of people right there. And that's pretty bad when you're disappointing two groups of people. I mean, that's that's a standard you should really keep yourself to. And then there's the artistic side. This might go back to uh, what I'm not particularly a fan of punk about. I am more on the musical side of things. Even when the lyrics are, are decent. Or actually, let's even take that further. Even when the, music, when the lyrics are Shakespeare, right? I am, after all... Buying music, not poetry. Right. So I need a solid backdrop. I need something that will keep my attention while I'm hearing the lyrics and everything. And they are the, uh, I wouldn't go so, uh, I wouldn't treat it so shallowly to call them the icing on the cake. But lyrics are important. They're just, it, it is a little bit meaningless without the essentials. And the essentials are the backdrop. I, I, I cannot get into a band that just uh, gives me the same chords over and over and over again. So, I <laughs> two is generous. Two really is generous for me. Well, is that what your rating is? It is because I know what people... I, 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 for, this is really tricky because if I were to take another Green Day album from their past and start rating them, I'd probably... I, there are a couple of albums I might say a similar thing about. So after all, they are consistent. And this is... this is, There are people looking for this. But they're not, but they're not consistent. There? They're not consistent. They're are, there not, are there not fans out there that are looking for this kind of music? Maybe, but that you could say that about any music. It's a big fan base, though. This is not a Green Day album. This is a punk album. This is not what Green Day fans have come to expect from Green Day. Since Nimrod on, pretty much, they've been evolving into a rock band. They're not even punk anymore. It's not even an evolution. It's and, a maturity and about music. And they've evolved and had this kind of innovation that's just not here. It's just not here. 
So if a, uh, someone listening to this is is someone who's looking for a band that's completely generic and not innovative. The difference between this and let's go back very recently, Hoobastank. We we all agreed that it had a fairly generic sound, but there were moments of something different in it. You know, there were songs that caught our attention that were you know had layering that we enjoyed, production that we enjoyed. Because so there were kind of spikes in it. We had so, there was so little for me to, to to say or think about this album. Right, there's just no heart, no soul in these songs that can really make them distinctive. That really makes them inventive, ingenious. Heart, like I, I feel like this is just lost. I mean, not to say it it hurts my ears to listen to. It's not terrible noise. It's just not meaningful. It there's mean, nothing to yeah, it. Yeah. I'm still very much sticking with two. Okay. I think this fit, this right. fits the, the two for all the same reasons as uh, Lincoln Park. You know, yeah. they disappointed. Yeah, that's a whole fair. Group of people. I think I gave Lincoln Park a two five as well. I, I, think I, so too. I, I gave um, and I have to two. say this. Yeah, this yeah. is as good as that album. Right. You expect and something there from is, there is there is an arc here. They know. I I have every reason to believe that Green Day knew they're doing a '90s album. This is this is this is just it's evident. It is yeah. so clear. No, you're right. You know, this is not by accident. So if it's by design, they achieved it. They achieved it, but it's just not of quality. It's, yeah, the bar was set too low. The bar low. was way too low. Yeah. Therefore, it, it gets the two. Acceptable. I, I, will, I, will, I will accept you calling Green Day a two in this case. <laughs> no, it's okay. You, I did good, right? You did good. Yeah, see? Um, Everyone's so eager to hear what I have to say about this. Well, because, I mean, I, I'm always more interested when we're listening to something outside the genre. I mean, when I first brought up Eve 6, I was bit with bated breath with what both of you had to say because I'm more into 90s music. I'm more into that core 90s alternative or alternative rock than you guys are. And and just the same, I, I, I'm interested to hear what you say about Green Day because I'm so hurt and crushed by a band that I expected more from. Yeah. You expected, You probably didn't expect as much as I did from them. And you still expected more. I mean, I can't deny that Green Day has a really uh, established fan base. Right, but you, but you as a fan, you're not a Green Day fan, so you your expectations probably still weren't set as high as ours were because we actually knew what to expect from previous albums. You know what it is, you know, and this even goes back to last week with Hoobastank. Not my particular cup of tea, right? But the songs themselves were so organized. I have to at least accept there, there's a lot of intellectualism going on here, right? Right. I, so I have to give this credit for at least just, uh, it's not that I think they should have been gone nostalgic. I think it was the most horrible time to go nostalgic because the 90s just, people are getting a little bit too nostalgic over there. There's there's a lot of good stuff to come from the 90s, but come on, use your brains, advance it. Don't just get stuck in the past, don't get stuck in the same, uh, I, I, it's a little rough calling it a rut, but it is kind of a rut. Oh, I well, mean, you're right because I mean we've already discussed previously. The '90s exist. There is a whole compendium of albums that I can go back to and buy if I want that. I don't. I don't appreciate like just getting another, uh, more of the same. Well, now. you're right because we we there's discussed this. Be, there's enough available. We discussed this prior with All American Rejects. All American Rejects is a band that's kind of that post-punk kind of pop-punk sound that evolved, and they had '90s song songs that would have fit right in in the '90s. But had just that little something that pushed it forward from the nineties. You know? And to stand out. And I think I think the my big my biggest problem with this this album review and why it was so hard for me and I had so little to say was because you can't help but have uh, expectations of, of bands that you know. Rating a band rating an album by a band you've never heard versus rating a, an album by a band that you expect something from will never be exactly the same. It's just impossible. Because tastes will be involved. Right, and I'm also giving it the benefit of the doubt um, as its place in a trilogy. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe there really is going to be a uh, an overview of their career here, or at least of the of the experience of that age demographic. You know, yeah, the I, the uh, sort of youth and naivete that came with the '90s. See, all these are are at least there. There's some themes that I can gather here that that were thought through. That's why it's getting a two and not a one. Yeah, because a one is thoughtless, yeah. just thoughtless, and this isn't thoughtless. It's not appreciated particularly, but it's not thoughtless. When, when we do the podcast in, I think the last one comes out in January. When we do the podcast in January and discuss the third album, that that podcast will have to go back and really, I really think that that day when we do that that podcast, we have to listen to all three back to back, all three albums at once. Unless I uh, update my my um, 
my rating system to include the zero <laughs> that I didn't think was uh, was actually going to exist. But, but no, but I'm saying I really think that when we listen to the third album, we should listen to the third album by itself and then go back and listen to the all three straight through. I really do because that's when we'll get a better sound. Because they released this intending for it to be a trilogy. They, they said way before this album came out, they're going to release three albums very close together and that they're all more or less finished around the same time. Yeah, I follow you. So um, I think that's going to be very important for this. By the way, uh, the only uh, reason I, I don't think I included a zero is because when you said William Hung, I would never review William Hung. You know, when, when Siskel and Ebert were, did their movies, they would never they would never do the indie films of the day. They would never, like, review the upstarts or the B-movies. They would never review B-movies because they don't consider that in the, you know, in the canon particularly. I guess, but as a reviewer of modern, modern music as well as older stuff, those, those albums exist. They exist. They've been made. I suppose. <laughs> I mean that that's that was the the idea behind a zero for me. The reason I put it in is after reading John's. Maybe it's, maybe it's maybe I give culture a little bit more credit than you do, because as I, I would understand that most people realize that that's a joke. But why I don't do want... people buy it though? Yeah, it sold well, and and You're perpetuating a me joke. And, see, yeah, you and me realize it's a joke, but I don't know if the people buying it realized it was a joke. Not all of them. You really think that they bought it? They bought it because it was funny. They did not buy that because they think that William Hung is a good singer. But you why? really think that? But here's no. the question. If it's a joke, it's it's not like Weird Al or Tenacious D. They're laughing they're at comedy. him. They're not laughing with him. Yeah, yeah. This is, and it wasn't a joke on about something. It was a joke on the people who bought it. It was at, at it was at William Hung's expense because William Hung didn't know any better. He didn't know he couldn't sing. And he didn't for, know he was a and joke. And for some strange reason people were convinced 1995 to hear somebody sing something terribly which you know it's going to be terrible was was good good idea. And mm. and, and also for me the reason the zero exists is cuz the record mm. label said, hey, let's put out this album. This guy who is really bad and can't sing, let's release this and make money off of his misery. I mean, I, it's just, it's uh, it's deplorable, it's It's just so horrible. difficult, because I can't... It, I feel like that is obvious, and that's the thing. Because it's so obvious that it is sheer moneymaker, and that's it, right? For for it, There's there's not a, a an iota of thought behind it, an iota of... Uh, of meaning, of something they want to say to the world, if that is completely lacking. It's one thing if they attempt it and fail miserably, then I'm rating it. Then I think it's something worth rating. But if it, if there was never anything there to begin with, I don't think it should be even in the system. I wouldn't go to the the real cheap uh, 50s moneymakers um, uh, science fiction B-films, you know, back in the 50s. I, I wouldn't put that in the, in the rating system either. I have a better example then. All right. Rebecca Black. Friday. That was not made as a joke. That was not made, let's laugh at this girl. That was made by rich parents and a legitimate record producer. Let's put out this young girl's song that's terribly made, all right, all terribly right, all right. written. I'm going to take your point there. She can still sing. The song itself, sure, it's terribly written and everything, but she can still sing. She can sing about as well as I can sing. She can't sing uh-uh. that well. She can sing better than you, I'm sure. I am quite sure of this. No, you get me liquored up. I bet you I could sing better than her. <laughs> I almost guarantee it because you have a she, hoarse voice today. <laughs> I, I'm I'm recovering from being sick and being at a football game recently. Um, she no, she she really doesn't have anything besides a normal voice. She couldn't sing. She couldn't sing. I listened to that song enough. I have. It's not just from the song. I have heard that they actually did like a little um interview here with her because they felt kind of sorry about how she's been the butt of the joke for the past month and everything. It's not like, you know, she was really intended. Right. She was a lot of the exploitation behind that. Right. But I think uh, there was, um, I want to say it was a Diane Sawyer interview. I'm not 100% on that. But, uh, you know, they did a story on her just to sort of interview her and, and try to clear her name a little bit. She sang she sang the, um, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, sorry, the Star Spangled Star Spangle Banner, like right there on camera without any piano company at all. It was really good. Seriously, I'm not. I'm not downplaying that. I'm not trying to. But I know. I'm not I trying know. to defend the whole culture surrounding this uh, pop sensation. But I would put her. I would give it some points at least, just for her being able to sing. I could at least 
give it a one. But I... At least... I know so many people who can actually sing. Maybe not, you know, record label level, but as good, if not better, than Rebecca Black. And that's not going to say that they're going to have, you know, great albums or anything like that. It's, no, they're it's, not. This is why... Rebecca's this is why Rebecca Black, no, her she... voice is, is... I wouldn't really set it... I would set it as a very generic... Uh, there's so many people in the world that can do the same. But not everybody does it. Same. But not everybody actually puts themselves out there. But not everybody has mom and dad to pay for it. Right. So in other words, that that right there, that's what actually would drop it back down to a zero. <sighs> if you have basic singing talent, I simply cannot say zero. Zero is, is, is no talent. Zero is nothing. There's a lot of people, a lot of people who can't sing. Who no, just down. because you can sing. It, no, there, of there are plenty, I'm, not, I'm not giving the song but, itself any point. But there are plenty of musicians who can't actually sing very well and make significantly better music. Of course. There's so, so many other levels above so the, one. But the, but the ability to sing. I haven't sing, given any ones yet. No, the ability I to sing at, at times is actually separate from the ability to make music. And I would say that in a lot of music, the ability to sing is almost not necessary. I think there are many artists that are established. Forget about Rekka Black, but they have, they have her talent, and they are making money. They are making a lot more money because they've been established, or they've had songwriters work for them that were perhaps, you know, perhaps had a little bit more to the song, a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a theme or something than uh, Rebecca Black's song. And ultimately... They're making money. They're out there. I have to put them on the same exact level. In which case, I'd almost feel sorry for Rebecca Black. The reason a zero exists on my scale is so a point five can exist on my scale. The reason... No, no I'm serious. The, the, the thing is, is that... Look, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that... That there should be ones, or shouldn't be ones... Or even we're kind of getting sidetracked on this Rebecca Black thing, which I mean was going to come up on the podcast eventually. Anyway, I don't. I do feel bad for Rebecca Black. Never at any point did I think that you know she's ruining music and she's she didn't know she was doing what she thought was fun and what she thought was good. She had no idea. It's her parents and the, the producer who should be held responsible for the poor creation of poor music. But I just feel like. I feel like a one still has redemption where there are bands that release music that are zeros that have no redemption, no talent. It's just noise. It's horrible. It shouldn't have even been made. And I can think of an album specifically that I'll cite. I'll go on record and it's a popular band and I don't care. Limp Bizkit. They're popular for different reasons. They have their fan base. They've released an album recently, Gold Cobra, which I heard wasn't terrible. But there was an album before Gold Cobra that was so bad because it didn't even sound like Limp Bizkit's rap rock standard. It was just this God knows what collection of noise that shouldn't have existed. Hmm. And that I would have given a zero or a point five. Well, I suppose I'm just making the point that the ability to sing is actually very highly rated in today's culture. I agree. I, I, I don't personally... Hold, I, I agree with you 100%, John, that we should really be looking for more than that. We should be looking at the song, we should be looking at content, we should be looking at lyrical quality, but singing is still a point, and it is valued, it is still something fairly musical. One is not a high thing. I, I, I'm surprised that you'd, you'd say that that's... Uh, well, I'm not... I was, I was uh, taking the standpoint that Rebecca Back is a zero, and I wouldn't actually give her a zero. I would say it's a one. It brings nothing to the table, and I actively... So wouldn't you would give it a one, then? I would give it a one. But there are people who I know can actually sing, who actually detract from society as a whole. And there's there's specific types of music out there which I would rate it a zero. Um, basically, below Rebecca Black. Below Rebecca, uh, because, Rebecca Black. So you mean because they can't sing and because they can't? No, regardless no... of whether they can sing. And there's 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 music like. Uh, um, it's it's a little bit harsh, but like hate music, like white supremacist music and things like that. I wouldn't even give it the time of the day. Oh, exactly. See, that's the thing. I would not put that regardless. On the scale. You could have Pavarotti, and there may be whole cultures that love this sort of stuff. But honestly, it is trivial and it's harming society. That's a zero. Hmm. 
it's still music. Just because you feel it's not socially acceptable music, which I... That's th- weird. I'd have to see an example of that. I mean... There's a lot of it. There's, there's quite, actually yeah. quite a bit of it. I've heard it before, yeah. Yeah. And but, I've heard it around here, and it's it's not necessary. I've heard a couple. Well, that's actually types. a very good point you make because then again, uh, I suppose that would be kind of insulting to poor Rebecca Black if I put you know her at the same scale as like Nazi rock. Yeah, so and there, it's, it's not of... just it's just not just white supremacists. There's a variety of this sort of stuff in every race and every culture that I've actually been exposed to with various individuals in my life. Not always the best of times. But I wouldn't consider, and not even, none of them are even really that poor of singers. Some of them are even, you know, better than the bands I listen to from a musical standpoint. But the message is so detrimental to society, I could not, in good conscience, consider them anything but the scrapings of a shoe. All right, you've convinced me. I will add a zero. That, I am that adding, would... I, am, I am announcing that right now. I am adding a zero on my, uh, on my... <laughs> list. Yeah, there point. there is stuff that's actually bad because you're for right. Society. I, I I really am of the of the belief that art, all art, is art. It, no matter what, you cannot. If you are tr- attempting to contribute something, it still counts as art. Uh, that's that's all I can say about it. Yeah, even I guess even William Hung, you're right. He put it out there. At least he thought it was good. You can't you can't completely something. knock it. Therefore, it but should all be on the scale. At, at yep. zero, then I, I have would... to really look back and see why Siskel and Ebert didn't. Uh, didn't feel like they should bring any anything else to the table because there. Siskel and Ebert are getting paid by a, a bunch of people to also do this because sort you of have, thing. You have a limited spot, you know. You're not going to necessarily waste your time with stuff that's really not going to get noticed. Even though, if Siskel and Ebert actually did mention like a small indie flick, that would totally popularize their. That's film. another thing. True, uh, these guys were reaching a significantly larger group of people than us. Uh, they were hitting, you know, they're they're in newspapers and they're on television, and what they say go. Yeah. If, if they give something four stars, it's four stars. If it's two thumbs up, it's two thumbs up. The power of reviewing. I mean, these yeah. guys. This is this is what the you know the committees look for when they're like, oh, who should we give an award to? And, and not to say that they're always right. No, they weren't. Oh, I've definitely but, seen some that I disagreed with. And also remember. Reviews can be influenced by taste, and also on top of that, reviews, no matter how much we hate something, us reviewing it and bringing it up could make someone fall in love with the band. The fact that we've mentioned uh, Linkin Park on many occasions now on the podcast, and we hated that album, someone might go, well, they've talked about it a lot, I should go check out this album. And they may find that they love it, and they've got a new Linkin Park fan. See, and that's what, I am totally of that of that philosophy, that uh, every, well, you are, you're the one that always says everyone listens to music differently. That's a good way to put it. And I have no Everyone interprets art differently. For every for every million people that absolutely abhor a certain album, there will be one person that that album means the world to. Yeah. Absolutely. Depending upon their position in life, you know. This, after all, this uh, Green Day album here, it still is a nice, sweet, love album. Yeah, I mean, there like those are naming special. points to it, but yeah, it just doesn't stand out. And and well, that's why it's not a it's not a one. It's not an actual. Of course, it's one. not a one. Yeah, it it it's definitely got redeeming qualities. Yeah, there, there's there's really a big gap to... between one and two. Yeah, I want to think that it's an exponential scale. <laughs> well, I mean, one is you know we we've well, all explained what we're what we I, our one our ones are probably closer to the same than the rest of our scales. Right. We are all pretty close to an agreement about ones being pretty much stuff that you should never listen to ever. Under any condition. Yeah, I can see, uh, for my scale, I feel like the two through four range really bleeds together a lot. There's a lot of up and down in that range. But if you're below a two or above a four, you're, you're, it's specifically something special. There's specific reasons it's for it. It's something especially good or especially bad that, that truly bumps you outside that two to four range. Definitely. Yeah, well, we may not have gotten to what we were... We're going to discuss today, unless but you want I, to still tackle a little actually, bit no, of it. No, the fact of the matter I, I is, think, I think this is a very important discussion to have. Yeah, this, no, I agree. I, I could and not resist. You know what? You, everybody who just heard this podcast, go back and read out the way we review. It's it's actually very nice to see how we're very uh, Matt Matt goes with his heart, and Steve goes with his head, and I I try to do a little bit of everything. I try to nitpick. That's my thing. Yeah, and and Matt Matt's a very emotive guy. Well, I feel like I mean, music for me, ever since I was a kid, was, reached me emotionally. That's what got me to start listening to music, because I connected to it. I think it's just because 
I've too often felt that my heart is very linked to my head, and oftenly. I, I don't know. Just when I, when I hear something that's that's artistically done, I, I can't help but uh, accept it. Oh. But um, also, what we want to start doing going forward is. It had been brought to our attention that, you know, we talk about albums every week, but we don't, you guys kind of go in blind, not knowing what we're talking about unless you read the blurb of the podcast in on the website before you, you download it or play it. So I think going forward, we're going to start telling you what the next week's album is going to be. And um, Steve actually has picked next week's album. It's his turn, and he has that album selected for us. So, Steve, what album are we going to be reviewing next week? All right. Next week, we'll be reviewing uh, Benfold's. Benfold 5's very new album, The Sound of the Life of the Mind. Um, we, we had a preview to this album uh, watching their video that's on YouTube where they team up with the Fraggles. Um, I can't remember the single off the top of my head, but, uh, but it's a definitely a very good video which wa- worth watching. And the song was very good as well, so I have high hopes for this album. Hopefully it lives up to it. It was pretty fun. It was a fun song, and that's what I'm looking for. It, it, it looks like it's going to be a, a nice little fun album, especially coming from Ben. Especially since he's been off the scene with the five in a while. You know, it, it, Ben Folds has done a lot of solo, but he yep. hasn't been with, it hasn't been Ben Folds five as a band in a while. So I'm, yep. I'm definitely interested to hear All from All I can them. say right now is I love the single. It had the Muppets in it, sorry, the Fraggles in it, which is a major plus. So if you have any interest in both Fraggles and Ben Folds, then uh, stay tuned next week. And as always, music is life, and life is good. <laughs>